Hello everyone and welcome back to JBL Radio. This is the second part of the podcast where we are doing the live draft and we have entered the second round. So it's been a few picks since the first. I think we're up to pick number 36 now, um, including a forfeit. So let's just go through the current picks. At number 31 was forfeit from the Scorpions. 32 was Chris Cornish uh, to the Oakland Tridents. Number 33 was Cedric Towers to the Vultures. Number 34 was your favorite Ricky Gillespie from UCLA to the Stars. Ooh, Gillespie got taken. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. And 36, uh, the Hurricanes drafted Devin Barnes from Xavier. Sorry, 35, Devin Barnes from Xavier goes to the Hurricanes. And at 36, Yalen Pino, which is a type of wine, I believe. It's very light red. I uh, was drafted at number 36 by the Scorpions. So right now we're, we're up to number 37, Chicago Jailbirds. So some interesting picks and some guys that possibly could have been taken in the first round have slid Towers and Gillespie being those two. Yeah. So, and I think Gillespie, the second, Gillespie in the second round is a good place for him. Um, yeah. I still get the sense he's probably a little bit better than the scouting hatred would make it out to be. I don't know if he'll get that opportunity as a second round pick, but um, we will see. Yeah. I think uh, there's also a lot less pressure on second round picks as well. I think that the expectations of them is a lot less and, you know, all they have to do is not really suck to be able to maintain their position on the roster. And the stars are probably going to have some situational changes with uh, Darius Barry out possibly question mark. Um, So maybe he'll get some more time at that small forward position. So it'd be interesting to see how he goes there. His free agency is going to be really interesting. Um, Yeah. Because Batman's got his work, work cut out for him, hasn't he? He does. I, I, I had speculated um, that he might end up back on Toronto if they let Vega go. Um, but if not that, and Nationals are interested in bringing him back, then where is he a good fit? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. His, uh, the well has been spoiled a little bit, I think, um, due to, I think, somewhat unfair dispersions about his defensive ability you forget that he was part of that 2023 the, the best one of the best jbl teams of all time that that huskies team yeah and he was their leading scorer and main man and just because he shut the bed in a game seven doesn't necessarily mean we should discount him and he did he did have a pretty bad start to the season with the stars but in the end i think after all-star break he averaged like 28 29 points per game so you know, this is sort of the same argument with Lamar Francis, isn't it? You've yeah. got to fit it into a system that allows him to do this, be the scorer and not not just, uh, you know, and to cover up his defense, I guess. Yeah, you need to protect him. You know, and that's hmm. where he fit well with the Huskies because with that score, because Houston was a really good wing defender um, and Q is a, good, a really good defender. So, you know, yeah. And I, yeah. I, well, you, can was, you can you see him going back to the Huskies? I could, I, I I could. I think there's definitely some old feelings there. I think there's a pretty good chance that, depending on how the stars feel about him, they might be able to get very cheaper than what Vega wants. And I think that's going to be the key factor because I think Matt's going to be concerned about money, um, mm. especially with 
Q and Houston both likely max players, and I think $28 million maxes in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, I think Houston's a, uh, a, a $28 million max maybe next year. I think, this is, I think this is his last year under contract. So, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of, lot of pressure to uh, fill those spots with um, role, good role players, I guess. Vega asking that much is an interesting uh, twist in the tail of the, of the Huskies, Huskies because I think I know that you guys have the feeling that if they stayed pat and, you know, just let the Kings implode a little bit, you know, trading Prince and so forth, they might be one of the best teams in the conference again. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. It, it, the, the East is going to be, I think, a little bit more compacted. I think it's the point. Like, the Kings are, are the favorites. It's just they're not mm. Death Star favorites, you know? They're not impenetrable. Yeah. So they're penetrable now. Um, <laughs> um, so I, I think that's what's going on. The, the East is going to be a lot tighter from top to bottom because even that Devils team, like they're going to be more competitive. I would imagine the bullets are going to be more competitive. It, it's a very, it's going to be a very interesting conference. I think, like, I, I don't know if I see any teams losing more than 30 games, 30, 20, 30 games. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, just uh, is Vega going to get that money elsewhere though? That's the other question. <laughs> well, I mean, three, three and D players are kind of in vogue and that's what, he, on paper, at least projects to be, I would think. Mm. But he's not a household name. He's not a player that, like, everyone knows who he is. And then you got to look and see where the cap room is because a lot of the teams that are good don't have the cap room to have a player like that. Yeah, that's right. And I think that the after the re-signings are done very early, there's only going to be three or four teams that can actually fit a max, max player, if that. Probably the Vultures will be one, and maybe the bullets i believe yeah um so it's going to be limited places where he ends up but uh we've also got another pick uh in the meantime uh number 37 uh the jailbirds drafted Mateus burnett from cincinnati yeah um so he's an interesting player i thought he looked a little bit better last season than this season and i don't know if that's the Kings got their Eagletarian system uh, all, you know, all out together on it. Um, but uh, but I, I think Burnett projected well as a pretty good defensive player. I think if I remember correctly, he's got some size concerns. Um, and I don't remember if I worked him out or not. But um, regardless, I think he, you know, I mean, for a second round pick, I, I think that, well, and he's going to take the spot that DJ Gordon, I think, had. Uh, that was kind of a little bit of a busted pick, a late first-round pick by the Jailbirds a couple of seasons ago. I think his time has run out, and he's going to be um, maybe on the free agent market looking for another team. He uh, he really didn't pan out the way we thought he was going to, did he? No. It no. was a bit, a bit, a bit of a disappointment. Um, so we had two quick picks. Uh, there we had at number 38, Kelly Hobbs from Memphis going to the Dragons, which is a very good value pick again. Uh, from the Dragons. They seem to always extract good value out of their draft picks. And number 39, uh, Brevin Rivera, who we need to make up a really good nickname for. He's going to be like the sloth or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying someone to... Else, just... Someone else write in and think of a good nickname for him. Yeah. The... <laughs> yeah. Like the he... Dry River or something. I don't know. Something. <laughs> I'm sure we can go up with something. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So, like I, slow well, I mean, wave. <laughs> the slow wave. 
Um, yeah. Kelly Hobbs is an interesting player. Memphis does a good job putting front court players out, and I, I didn't get you, I didn't work him out, but I thought Hobbs had some nice upside as a defensive center. I don't think he'll do much on the offensive end, but I think that he is pretty decent. <clears throat> yeah, I think so too. I, I think he was possibly the second best center in that that late pick re- region. Um, and I know that Andrew had him slightly higher. He definitely had him over Rivera. Uh, Andrew wants to be unmuted, by the way. He has already done that. He's yes. done that good. I had Hobbs as the... I, I, although my spreadsheet says otherwise, I had Hobbs as the third best center. Mm. See, if he were so the who, slow one, he'd be, he'd be easy as the Hobbit. <laughs> Damn it! Not, I know. Damn it, we need a name change. I know. Well, we should make him like a six-five center. Then he could really be the Hobbit. <laughs> uh, Mr. always reserves rights to to alter any ratings at any stage. <laughs> Why did my player shrink? <laughs> yeah, just just for for fun, really. Just for for me, so we can mock him. Amusingly, there is only one player from the player on my um list that has survived this late. Very immutable. Marlon Marlon Wallace at point guard is the one player that I had on our the the list we were using for the mock draft that has uh, is remaining in play at this stage. If you, well, if you look at the ratings, let's have a look at just the the normal rankings. You've got Malik Cameron still on board. He was uh, consensus ranked of nineteen. Uh, he's a power forward out of USC. Thomas Krychek out of New Mexico, six um, nine power forward center. Out of New Mexico, he was number 19, nearly 20. Jared Sampson out of Ohio State. Kellen Bradley out of Kansas. Matisse Haas out of LSU. So those are the guys sort of ranked in the first round consensus-wise that are still on the board. So there is some, still some value if you consider those consensus rankings to be correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, for a second-round uh, pick, you could do worse. I guess would be my thought. Well, it's, could, worth a, it's worth a swing, right? <laughs> yeah, because you can basically swing. cut them. Guess who just got picked? Charlie Long, Long Dong. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was going to be my pick at 27 if I didn't get Campbell. So, you know, so it goes. I mean, he's, he's undersized. He's, he's, I, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for him. He's only 6'2", though. I don't think he's going to do much of anything in the pro level. Um, Which so is, I think there is a, taken with my first with my first round pick. <laughs> Go ahead. There's apparently a trade for this number forty one pick, I believe, but I don't have anything. Uh, so just give me one second. I'm just going to mute myself. If anyone wants fifty two, just let me know. <laughs> it's available. I'm curious to see what Andrew wants to do at forty five. Yeah, I literally have no one left on my list that I'm even partially interested in. <laughs> it's going to make it very interesting when my pick comes up. I guarantee whoever I take will likely not end up on the roster. To be fair, at least you know you have a pick. <laughs> That's true. It's not Melvin uh, Bridge under troubled water. Oh. 
Whatever happened to him? I needed to. No, it wasn't Bridgewater. It was um, the guy who can shoot threes. Uh, it was Jay London who ended up being that pick. Oh, I think. Poor Jay London. Uh, and it ultimately he got cut this year. What? What? Poor one out. You can get Marlon Wallace now if you want him. I don't think I need another point guard. <laughs> Are you sure? I, I do not. I do not follow the. Uh, I do not follow the uh, the Knights school of uh, continually drafting point guards. Two two seems sufficient. That seems very wise. No, look, and I think also in terms of like how I fill my roster out in free agency. If there is a place that I'm going to probably look to add a better a, min- uh, a vet minimum kind of guy, uh, I can see myself bringing in someone, a vet point guard at that position, as one of those late guys to sit on the bench. On the bench. Yeah, not a lot of um, veteran point guard options though. Maybe you bring uh, Jamar Strickland back again. Uh, I had Winters on the books last year. I, I took him. I, I didn't pull him. Uh, I didn't keep the option here, though, because I wanted to make sure I had maximum cap space. Um, having said that, I, I wouldn't be adverse to having him back if necessary. As I said, I just just a, a competent guy that I can play if necessary. Yeah. And also, we'll, we'll obviously, I imagine we'll get a better sense heading into this season of how mentors and stuff look with the new personality stuff as well. We can only hope. Let's see. The good news is I found a player I think I'd want to take um, with my pick. So that's a good thing, right? I think it is good that you have found a player that you could tolerate enough to draft and then not sign to your team long-term. Yes, well done. <laughs> yes, thank you. Let me take a bow. Uh, well, so wait, when, before you hopped on the pod, we were talking a little bit about um, Darius Berry with the Stars. We were talking a little bit about uh, Antonio Vega with the Toronto Huskies and kind of... Um, like free agency, what's the market out there going to be for Vega? What's the market out there going to be for Barry? And kind of would want to see your thoughts on that. Um, this may not be the popular opinion, but I would I would prefer to pay money to Vega than to Barry. Um, basically, I think Vega could probably play a role on a wider range of team constructions uh, than Barry could. Um, I don't think he has an Achilles heel in the same way that Barry does. But then again, I don't think he has like the extreme upside that Barry has in one particular area. Um, I'd rather give money to Vega over Barry. How old are they both out of curiosity? They'd be similar age. Let's see. Um, let me pull up. It's taking a little bit of time. I think they're about similar ages, right? Were they the same draft class? Nah. Um, uh, Vega. No, Vega was Vega was nineteen. Barry was. Maybe they are the same draft class. So Vega is twenty nine, and Barry is twenty nine. Yeah. 
So I think they were. I think Barry was first and Vega was third in that draft. I was trying to think of who's second. I think it was Lamar Francis. Yes, that's probably right. I traded the Francis pick in order to get Souda and then traded Vickery, I think, to get that uh, that second pick. Yep. Sorry it to get all, that third. Oh, it all goes full circle. Yep, and then Vega lasted half a season. All right. Do we um let's throw out uh Munz, if you're still out there, do you want to come on the pod and we can roast you on your team a little bit? Yeah, unmute him. <laughs> hey I'm Munz, laughing. you there? Yeah, I'm laughing my ass off at you guys already. Yeah. All right, so how does it feel to be freed from the shackles of Mark Hunter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh I'll be honest. You know, that wasn't exactly the, the greatest move by me, and I can admit what I'm wrong. So you guys nailed it. I was wrong. It is what it is. To be fair, though, you got something out of it. Like, I, I appreciate it had, like, there's an opportunity cost there because you kind of punted this season to a degree. But at the same time, like, you did walk away with an extra late first as a result. Right. And I lost out on the free agency last year. And I had targeted some other guys. And at the end of free agency, when Hunter signed, I was like, well, what the heck? You know, I have the money. So let's just see if I could do it and pull a trader bend, see if I get something out of it. But I legitimately hoped that he was going to be better than what he was. So, you know, I would love to say I did it with the, with the, the reason of, you know, getting a first-round pick later, but I didn't. You know, I was really hoping to fit him in. Yeah. So um, what, what do you like about your team this year? What, anything new, different, um, you know, as far as your setup and what you're looking to build? No, I, I think uh, this draft was disappointing for me. I, tr- I, I, I mucked up a little bit of the, the 12, 13, 14, 15 picks. I kind of try to trade into there and uh, let the draft get a little longer. So that's my bad guys. Um, but I ultimately traded a bed because, you know, I could have landed Cole right there and I already have a small floor. I don't need to land Cole. Um, so, uh, you know, I think I'm just looking forward to free agency. And you know, I think, uh, I think out of all the cap cap room for all the teams uh, available, I'm the one that has that, is the best probably put together as far as a, uh, uh, a team that actually has been in the playoffs. So I'm hoping some of these free agents want to come my way and we can go from there. You've got to what you'll have to, we'll soon we'll find, soon out, find how out how much uh, the, the GM trust has been affected by your ruthless moving on of Hunter though. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It could have been worse. I had a, I'd actually had better offers of the trade deadline for him, but I was so concerned about that. I didn't take him up. I'm not sure I will do that move again. <laughs> what about um, uh, Nicholas Acosta? Uh, how, how's he been looking so far for you? I think it's all right. You know, I think I, as you already noted, uh, I think I mucked up uh, some development with uh, Acosta and Stanford by uh, screwing up the, uh, the rotation as far as you know, who's cut, cutting down the middle and who's shooting from uh, the outside. But I'm trying not to make that same mistake uh, uh, this year. And uh, I got space as an important factor moving forward <laughs> with those guys. Cool. Good. Anything else you'd like to add? No, I appreciate all the work you guys do. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Thanks. At least someone likes us. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we appreciate it. And uh, your autographs are in the mail. All right? All right, boys. Have a good night. All right. Good night.
All right. If anyone else wants to hop on, raise your hand. Uh, I'm going to try to unmute Izold again. If, if not, is it time for us to start talking? Is it not? If, if, is Izold on? Izold is on. How are you doing, sir? Uh, am, I, am, I, am I here now? You're here. Yep. Woohoo! Yay! Hooray! All that good stuff. So how's your, how's your draft night been going? Uh, it's been going pretty good. Uh, you know, obviously everybody and their mother knew Haywood was happening once uh, Prince joined us. Uh, at 22, uh, which is a Taylor Swift song, ti- song title, by the way, um, I, uh, I didn't know what I was going to do exactly. I mean, uh, I didn't even finish the second half of my workouts until uh, this morning. And then I've got like, okay, I've got a random list of players. Uh, what do I do now? Um, and story was high up on my board. Um, obviously he went and then I'm just bouncing through guys and looking at their stats and their, uh, ratings. And I was like, you know, my gut has been saying Cody Simmons. So I took Simmons and, um, now it's going to be interesting because, uh, I reannounced, uh, you know, Taiwan Cook being on the trade block, uh, horse screen and uh, just got put on there. Isaac Gray has already been there. So uh, we may see some shifting happening with uh, with the bench because um, I like Cook. He had great stats his rookie season, but I don't know how he fits long term. Uh, I, I, Simmons really intrigues me as a potential uh, thigh bull backup maybe eventually air uh, i think it was comey who said kind of reminded him of a potential thibault type um so and i want to bring back the witchers so maybe cook gets moved if the right value comes along nice nice and of course you're um you're happy with who you got at number two overall so because that oh, yeah. was probably, right yeah um haywood was the perfect fit uh when i was doing an analysis on the Colonels uh, late in the season going, okay, how the fuck did we get better um, trading KB dollar sign and going to the Witcher? And then I started looking. I'm like, okay, you've got better playmaking, a lot better playmaking and a lot better mid-range shooting. So that's really where I kind of need to be looking. And uh, I, I don't have it in front of me right now, but Haywood, I remember, I remember you know, I, it's been like in the B ranges for everything for playmaking and all the passing ratings. So I'm like perfect fit there. Good. Good. What would you, what would you consider a, a strong rookie season for Haywood for you next year? What are your expectations for what he puts up? Uh, I don't really have any expectations. Um, you know, I, I think Mason will continue uh, bitching about uh, you guys saying he's not an alpha and then putting up numbers like uh, 68, 68 points that one game. Um, so I'm sure that, no, will I forgot be about that one. Yeah, that will be a storyline that continues. Uh, I, I think Prince, uh, you know, with his excellent three point shooting, I think he'll be a nice counterbalance to Mason. Uh, I think Thibault will continue to be a 14.10 rebounds, you know, just great, solid all-around guys. So I don't think Haywood is going to have that good a rookie season. But then again, Sparrow shocked the hell out of everybody, including me. So who knows? And I think Prince will take some of the pressure off him. 
having having a guy like Prince to play 20, 24 minutes will help. Yeah. Uh, it means that Haywood won't have to shoulder as much of the offensive load. Um, you know, if he, if the rotations fall to you know have him as the main offensive player on the court. So it really just depends on how you do your rotations. Um, I think will uh, dictate his impact on the team. So we're just finishing up here with the Tritons pick, and then we're moving on to Rockets, Hurricanes, and the Kings pick. So stay tuned for those. So you're currently happy with your build? Yeah, uh, I think it's working well. I did not expect this to have a winning season last year. We did. Um, uh, Vis-a-vis what you said about the rotations, are you bringing back Defend the Gym next year? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> Should I be? <laughs> Should I bring it back? <laughs> that was bad. It, it, it was, like it was like really a, just a, a, a time killer while I was on vacation. So I think if I go on another vacation, I have to bring it back. I, I, do think a, I do think a slightly longer preseason might be appreciated, um, but I don't think we need to go to the insanity of defend the gym. I defended my gym very well, thank you. <laughs> so did I, but so did I, and it had no bearing on what happened during the actual season. So I, I did try to say it wasn't really indicated. Your, your defend the gym was like the Battle of Helm's Deep. <laughs> <laughs> thousands and thousands of teams coming, fending them away. Look, I'm, I'm planning on doing a scrimmage, uh, an in-season scrimmage uh, thing for CJBL as well. I think that will... Uh, allow teams to test out rotations with the current engine. So Defend the Gym was with a very early version of that engine, which I hadn't finished yet, which is probably why the results didn't really correspond with how it ended up. But um, I'm very, uh, I will bring it back at some point, um, but probably not in the same format. So, yeah, I'm glad uh, I liked it though. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, so, RKG, uh, you guys were kind of uh, mid tier-ish team uh, this year. Where do you kind of see yourself next year? Oh, we see ourselves right in that mid-tier. <laughs> well, God, it was so obvious you were going to hedge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you uh, won 50 games, didn't you? That's, that's not mid-tier. You won 50. Look, it, it, it's, it all depends on Lane. Is he going to take the next step forward and maybe make third team all JBL, you know, and knock Savion West off that perch? If he does, then yeah, maybe we could make that move into the upper tier. So, but um, I, I, I look, I, I think the Vipers, if they stay healthy, are good, be- are good bet to make the playoffs, maybe push for home court. We're still a year or two away, so we're, we're in good You're always one, one or two years away from being one or two years away. <laughs> That's right. We are the Bruno Caballo of the Eastern Conference. There's <laughs> going to be some good battles between the Colonels and the Vipers, I think, um, over the next three or four years. Yeah, if, the, I, if you keep the, the keep keep the course together, I mean the division's stacked. It's got the Kings, it's yeah. got the Colonels, the Mustangs with J. Rob. The Vipers are good, and uh, Chicago is still hanging around. You know, with mental their, in the central. It's mental in the central. Mental in the exactly. Central. Yeah, yeah. It's good though. I'd, I'd like I like to see that parity be parity because uh, it means that. Uh, one one thing can swing the whole season. One trade, one injury, and that you know that that's actually a really good thing, rather than having a team that dominates and. You could smile with glee while we all have mini heart attacks while watching Simcast. 
You did it for yourselves. He just he just put a big pile of fucking cocaine on the table and you all just fucking and dove. And then walked face. away. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. You have no one to blame but yourselves. Well, what's interesting is that even as someone who was not in the playoffs, I was really hooked into that simcast. And I did, I did not even watch the scrolling play-by-play of any game. Literally, all I did was I put the scoreboards up that screen and just watched the bouncing back and forth. And I was like, holy crap, this is exciting. And especially since so many games, you would see those light swings and it's like, wow, what's going to happen? You know, who's going to make the big play? Who isn't, etc." So, you know, even from an outsider's perspective, it was fantastic. My wife loved that I was like staring at my cell phone on date night, you know, during the, uh, the jailbirds game. Jailbirds game five and six, I think. So, so it, 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 it's a little bit too dark, but like there seriously should be a betting pool about the first person to get assaulted by their wife due to cheating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to talk her into coming out to Vegas. We'll we'll see. I got time. Once we get the week planned, I'm just I'm, I'll start to to wheedle it in. I wouldn't mind her coming out. So, you know, there'll be a lot of wives there. So don't don't be afraid of bringing your. Uh... Significant others. You should, you should all be afraid of my wife, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's a question: uh, Are any of you what? Will any of you be Vegas newbies? If, you know, if, if I make time? it, yes. No, not me. I've been way too many times. I was there in October as well. And Vegas always wins. I was once there for two and a half hours and I still left with a hangover. <laughs> Don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> so, no, I'm not a newbie. I'm looking I've forward to being there, though. Yeah. I think you guys are going to be a, a grounding presence, at least, because every time I go there, it's always a bit hectic. But having three days where we've got some plans and an actual structure and it's not just let's get drunk all day and go to a nightclub, I think is a much better way to, to use our time. But I'm glad you're going to be there as well, because then you've, we've got someone, and, and Mike, obviously, as well, who, who lives there and can give us uh, the hot tips. Yeah, unless, uh, unless I get a job that ends up having me move. Uh, insanity, <laughs> insanity Central. So how is your search going, by the way, Bad? For, for work? Oh, it's, it's wonderfully yeah. futile. Wonderful. I'm not actually actively concerned. I can go get a retail job in two weeks with no problem at all. It's just a question of how long I want to uh, tilt at windmills, but I haven't uh, stopped tilting at windmills. Well, once the JBL, JBL office JBL can hire you, hire you all, yeah, we're all good. <laughs> so how are we doing uh, draft-wise? Uh, I'm on my phone, so it's like I'm, I have the meeting app open and I haven't checked back to the chat or the draft board at all. So the Tritons so, have picked at 42, but the, the picks are starting to space out a little bit now. <laughs> yeah. So everyone's trying to trade in. This is what, this is the problem with these 10 minute trades. So the Tritons tried to trade, couldn't, couldn't get it done. Drafted Artem Ross from Iowa state. Um, Artem Ross, I don't know anything about him. He's, he's a shooting guard, small forward, averaged uh, 12 points a game, four rebounds, three assists. Uh, six seven, so he's got pretty good size, slightly under underweight at one ninety. Um, so yeah, probably decent reach there at number forty two. And the Rockets are up next up at number forty three. Uh, I assume the the same person who will be trying to trade in there will be doing the same. So 
Apologies to everyone who's sitting there waiting for activity, but uh, you've got to let everyone make these deals. So, Is it the time uh, of the draft when we should start talking about who we think has done really well, who we think has done badly, great pick, bad pick? We've got to do yeah, it at I mean, some point. <laughs> yeah, I know we do. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll stay sort of impartial, but just at a very will. first... Yeah, well, shut up. At a, at a first glance, I like what the Devils did, drafting um, Covington at six and then getting Collier at 16. I thought that was a pretty good draft. Um, I like Kittles at number seven. I thought that was really good too. I think that's, that could be a high-value pick going forward. <clears throat> Those are just some of the first ones out of the first, first 20. Oh, and Dikembe Dallas at 13. I think that if he is anywhere close to playing like he did at Texas A&M, then he's going to make a lot of people look silly for not drafting him higher. Do we like what the Jaguars did with all their picks? I think no. they were in a tough situation. They really wanted to play above them at that eight spot, and they couldn't really take Rucker, and that everyone else was a reach. So I wouldn't say we dislike it, but I don't think they had much of a choice. I, just I, I, I really like Lazovic. Uh, as a pick um, I think where things went wrong for them were in that group of three picks that they had 18, 19 and 20 and I think there's a number of guys there that they would have probably wanted that went in that group of picks just beforehand I think if guys like Nelson had lasted or Barlow or Gray or Story or Collier, that next tier of guys at most of the positions, I think that could have come out. That could have come out of it looking really good. Um, and I think they just missed those guys. Yeah. I, um, I think you mentioned this already, but I, I did like what the Tritons did with Dallas and Pittman at 13 and 18. I think Pittman's actually a pretty good point guard uh, to put next to Navigato. Um, cause at least this year Pittman seemed to play off the ball a little bit more. Um, I like what Boston did with getting Rucker and, um, Kingsley forest, you know, I mean, they have to get those guys minutes. I would think they're going to get Rucker minutes, but, um, you know, I think that's something to keep an eye on. I think Denver did a pretty good job, um, getting Wooten, which was a slight reach, although we had, we had Wooten, Wooten at the nine. Um, I think he was the best small forward available at that point. And getting Kelly Hobbs at 38 was a good value pick. Yeah, they, they always seem to do well with their, their late picks as well. <laughs> Barton last year. Um, Kendrick Shaw, I think, was in the late 20s. Yep. I think Shaw was like 22 or something. Yeah, something around that. I think that's a pretty pretty decent pick. So, yeah, I, I, Hobbs, Hobbs, I thought, would go, thought would go in the first round. Well, I think what they've done now as well is they're starting to get some depth because you've got uh, Hobbs as the backup set, uh, at centre backup now behind Stone. Uh, behind Farmer, you have Barton. They've filled that hole with Wooten at small forward, but Barton can also play some small forward. You know, you've added... You know, they're, they're starting to build some depth in behind that, that, that starting group as well. Like, they're, they're just... Their building is progressing just really slow and steady, but... I don't think they've put a step wrong, really. Yeah, I think that's just the way that they build their team is always very um, deliberate is the word I'm looking for. Methodical. Um, methodical, exactly. They have a plan. Want to cut that bit out of the podcast too? No, because I didn't start. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Why don't you just interrupt me again? So we've got another two two minutes on this Rockets pick and then we're moving so what? on. <laughs> Here it is. 
Uh, I'd like to move the last part of this draft faster if we could. So <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you want to trade in, start making those discussions now. 46 is a, is a forfeit, the Skyhawks pick. Um, but yeah, we don't want to be going for another hour on the last 15 picks. So let's go, peoples. Do, um, we don't have the free agent screen up yet, right? We don't have the offers or anything like that. That's the demands, no. So, yeah, it's a bit of a change this year. Previously, we have had the demands up and people were drafting based on that. But, you know, I looked at the NBA this year and how that's worked. And the draft is before free agency. And really, anything can happen once the July 1st deadline opens. And, you know, you don't really have an idea. So the expected range is there. And going forward, we are going to be putting in, I am going to be putting in the, uh, the happiness and the new personalities. So you will be able to see if a player is happy with their current deal um, or they want a new deal and then a rough estimate of what they will have. Um, I've also had a suggestion that the range is shortened for your own players. So everyone sees the expected range for everyone. Uh, that's just based on simply stars ability. Uh, but your own players based on playing time and statistics and things like that. So for example, someone might be 15, 20 million as the, the wider range, but you get to see uh, 12 to 15 million or something like that. Thoughts? I think that makes sense. Yeah. I agree. I think that the, the reality is the agents aren't meant to talk to other, you know, not meant to, the other teams aren't meant to have an idea. It makes sense that the agent would have, a better relationship with the current team and therefore they would have a better understanding of the expectations. I think that is that, that provides uh, sufficient verisimilitude. Okay. There's a trade. If there wasn't a trade after that long, I think the rules might've been broken. No, no, it's literally just ticked on 10 minutes. I was about to auto pick, okay. but I just got the notification. So if you're going to do a trade guys, it's got to be done within nine minutes so I can, uh, <laughs> Press the push the button. Let's see what wonderful stuff push was the done. Button. Yeah, push the button. Ah, okay. Another another suggestion I'd had too was um, well, obviously the JBL draft is such an important um, part of the JBL year and one of the most fun things. What are people's thoughts on having a CJBL declaration podcast where the majority of players would, uh, not declaration, um, would commit a commitment podcast? So not, not, not to be a jerk, but would that be something that we'd listen to other people do? <laughs> yes. That would be like, that would be Comey and Mike. <laughs> that would not be us. No, yes. it would not be you guys. It, it was just a, a general idea. Um, but more no, I think like that'd be great. A, 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 draft a draft style podcast. Yeah, Mike would do it. There you go. So basically, I would feed feed the details to Mike, and then they could reveal them one by one, um, as like a like the show that they did uh, for uh, the bracket. Can you? Um, but that'd have to be a video pod, and you know, Mike would have to go up wearing a mask over his face and with the hats in front of the table. <laughs> they could just like switch the masks, like you put a Freddy Krueger mask for like one top prospect, or like you know, Whoopi Goldberg mask for another prospect and put another head on. So you have a lot of fun with that. I think you're right there. Someone fall off the table. Uh, no, I accidentally smacked my, uh, mic trying to go for the keyboard and it flipped. I caught it, but it, <laughs> it did go airborne for a second before I caught it. Okay. So the predators have traded the 
2029 Baron second round pick. Which they just acquired from me. Which they just acquired from you for the 43 pick. Now Munz is on the board. Munz, you get three seconds to pick. <laughs> now, just just back on your declaration idea while, they, while he has his three seconds, would you be thinking everyone declares or just like the, the really high-end guys, like, you know, dickheads like Zion who sit down and pull their Duke hat out? Or like- the, the only issue with the commitments is that technically those can happen over different phases. So not all five stars are going to commit on the same day, but possibly we could arrange it. So, you know, the majority of five star guys commit on this time and then there's some late picks. Uh, I don't know exactly how we would do it in reality. So I'll take your ideas for that. We are moving a little bit further away from a, you know, strictly college simulation. Um, But I think it might be better for the league as a, an event. So I do like that idea. I like the idea too. I like yeah. my idea so I'll, I'll, I'll too. If you're, listen, if you're listening, give us some ideas, either in College JBL or the Ideas channel, uh, whether you think that could work and how you think it might be balanced with the phases. So at number 43, we've got Malik Cameron from USC, drafted by the Predators, which I think is a pretty good value pick as we discussed. Yeah, I really like some like growing pains. Very <laughs> underrated actor on growing pains. <laughs> Is that like the, is that like, uh, is Malik Cameron like the uh, Islamic equivalent of like hyper-Christian Kirk Cameron? Is that what you're getting? He's, uh, he's, he's probably the doppelganger version that plays basketball a little bit better. Uh, okay, so, like, so should we take the, pick? should we take the comments in the, uh, when Munz traded in or the, uh, is it other people wanted to play around here or is it just because it took too long? I think they're just, they're just booing in general at this stage. Everyone's drunk after the people draft. are restless. Yeah. Just throwing things. <laughs> oh, hurricanes already selected. So spike Childress, uh, was selected for number 44 pick, um, out of Indiana. I think he was a highly touted, uh, high school. Great guy. Name. And just, yeah, great name. I'm pretty sure that's one of the ones I renamed. So it has to be good. Uh, which means he would have been in the top 50 of high school players, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, does anyone uh, have any information on Spike? Um, just looking him up now. He played very little. He had a PR yeah, of five. Had, he had benched, I think. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's why he disappeared. Poor Spike. Poor Spike. He's still got he a great name, like- though. He did, look like his first, he did look like his first year was not completely incompetent. It wasn't great, but it wasn't completely incompetent. He was a ranked player for a bit. He was like a high second, low first in like prior drafts and then just never declared. Okay, number 45, the Kings selected David Jadison from Florida. It looks like a spelling mistake. Um, um, interesting pick. He's gone for a center. I would have thought he would have gone for a wing, uh, given the t- players he has lost. Maybe he plans to play him at the wing. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Tim is actually up with a number 46 pick being forfeit. Team forfeit's going to be want, awesome this year. I want Andrew to come on and explain that pick. Yep, I agree. All right, hold on. Is he here? I don't know if he's here. He's around. I'm not sure if he's got a mic in front of him, but he's not in the. Uh, Explain yourself. 
that jerk. He's not listening to our comments. Uh, this is what happens. You win a championship and you just stop caring. <laughs> you stop defending yourself. You put the little uh, you, you put the little palm tree up and you're like, meh. <laughs> okay, so we're we're nearly there, guys. This is so far now the longest draft we've done since doing live drafts. The Rockets own Officially. the draft board. <laughs> I wonder why it's so long with this year. I guess just because of all the trades. There's been so many trades, and each trade has taken the full taken time, full ten minutes. Yeah, I think and the problem they- is people are in, uh, people aren't initiating the trades until they get on the clock. If you think a guy you want is going to, be, if you think a guy is going to be available in a few picks time, you probably need to have that conversation with that GM before their pick actually, before their clock starts. Yeah, at exactly. least at least have the pref- uh, at least have the uh, the groundwork discussion ahead of time. Does anyone uh, have some groundwork discussions on pick fifty two? No. Yes. Nope. Andrew, you're gonna let Stop me pla- you Start using your platform to trade. <laughs> okay, so the, the Jacks just picked. They picked Kellen Bradley out of Kansas. Now Kansas has produced a lot of uh, draftees this year. It's a third. I think they, it is. Um, how far did they get the tournament? I don't think they made it that far. They got they got dumped out early, which is a massive uh, shock because they had the best recruiting class. If you recall, Callum Bradley is small forward, senior small forward. Didn't play that very much. I think he was another player that would have been shoved out by the five freshmen that they managed to recruit this year. Um, so it looks like another pick for based on scouting rather than on stats. Looks like he's got good playmaking, decent, good defense. Probably needs to work on his shot, but like, and he's a very strong athlete. Maybe I should uh, start fogging up if the player doesn't play. <laughs> Extra fog, which is what, what uh, I, I was talking about I th- before. I think the problem is going to take care of itself, Commissioner. I think it will I think you're yeah. going to find that. I think people will, once we have more human GMs, if a good player goes to a human-run team and doesn't play, it's not going to be a case of like the computer made a boo-boo. It's going to be the, the human has made a choice for a reason. And I think, mm. I think it will, you'll, if they get benched, it'll be because they're shit, not because they just fluke of yeah, life. Yeah. Or the AI, the AI. Just it'll na- it'll naturally reason. disappear. I don't think you need to put a solution into something that it will naturally disappear is what I'm trying to yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. There's another trade here for this pick. And when this has been completed quickly, thank you guys. So Crusaders are trading in for the number 48 pick. Kelvin, you're up. Do we have any more forfeits uh, later in this? We do, don't we? So we've got 54, 58, and 60 are all forfeits. So we should move through the rest pretty quickly. Yay, forfeit. (laughs) Team forfeit, the best. Team forfeit. They rule. Dominating the draft. And so Bradley shot 36% from three as a freshman, the only year he had playing time. Yeah. So I, I think you can assume um, for some of those players, if they're playing one year, they're not going to be getting worse. Trey Warner, Trey Warner. Is Interesting. I think Avery Gassman's a good name for a player. 
Are you just drafting based on player names again? I think so. We've hit that part. We've hit that point in the draft right now. Uh, Trey Warner is another player that will not likely be in the Crusaders rotation. Um, he played for Cincinnati. He played 25 minutes a game, so he did actually have a role. Um, scouts to have uh, very nice, very nice defensively. Um, basically, defensive awareness is high. Defense post post defense blocking. Rebounding seems tolerable. Athletically, pretty strong. Not much of a shot. Uh, your, your scouting says that it's, he's a raw prospect with good potential. Sky's the limit. Sky's the limit gets seriously overused in the scouting. Okay, fine. You can, can you write me a hundred lines. No, I'm just saying that particular, <laughs> that, that particular phrase is just far more um, kind of um, hyperbolic than a lot of the other phrases. As yeah, as, okay, fair. That's fair why enough. it stands out. I think what it actually represents is there's a big gap between his current ability and his potential there. This guy is the limit, but this guy's <laughs> but, <also> very yeah. <laughs> high. <laughs> no, it's just that it, it, honestly, it's not overused any more than any of the other phrases. It's just the one that always jumps out because it's a, it's a far more inherently hyperbolic statement. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, say the, the, sc- the ceiling is, is, is his roof, right? <laughs> but like, yeah, but like, you know, he actually had like in terms of, I'm just trying to think what what he did badly. What's what's killing it? That probably racks up a few too many racks up a few too many fouls. Turnover isn't great, but his effective field goals decent. Can't shoot free throws. That doesn't help. Yeah, so it's just uh, a lot of those issues also are because of the scaling, the CJBL scaling. So it still uses the same or some of the same uh, bounds, boundaries, thresholds as the college scale, uh, the old college scouting, but it uses different scaling now. So everyone's, everyone's A plus, a plus in, a in a lot of things, uh, which does adjust the tech scouting. So I will get around that to that eventually, Andrew. Screw you. So why is no one taking a stab at Tomas Krejcik? Krejcik. Is he, is he a tween a center? I thought it, I think, is he the one? There was one of them who was high up that was uh, somewhat of a tweener. Yeah, he's a uh, power forward center who's six nine, and if I open him up, I'm going to bet that his profile suggests he should be playing center, not power forward, because he can't shoot, and therefore he's too small. It's yep. mostly just can't shoot th- can't shoot threes at all. Although his outside shooting at a scouting level is pretty healthy. Defense doesn't look horrendous. What's a surprise, Jared Sampson? He must be scouting pretty poorly because he averaged 15 points, seven rebounds on a very good high yeah, state. Does team. anyone want to jump into the channel and say uh, why they personally uh, knocked uh, Krychek off their list? Because I don't... I mean, I can see stuff that's problematic, but I don't see anything that would disqualify him, particularly now we're at this point of the draft. Like, he can shoot a little bit, which would suggest... I mean, his stats don't suggest it, but his scouting suggests he can shoot enough to actually play power forward, in which case I'm not sure I see the the big issue. Okay, so there's a trade-in here happening. Kings trading in for this position uh, from the Rockets pick. So it was a 2030 Kings second-round pick to the Rockets for... This pick, which is the 2028 Jaybird second round pick, which was owned by the Rockets. And this is the number 49 pick. So Cincinnati is on the board. On the clock, sorry. 
And then we've got the Skyhawks, which will be auto pick again. So that should go quickly. There's a few forfeits. And then, of course, we're getting to you, Mike. Are you ready? Um, sure. You're basically next up. So, yay. Get, get you. Get ready. I'm getting ready. I'm pumped. <laughs> I've spent a lot of time scouting this pick. That did not sound very, uh, Oh, actually, they're wants, the Blizzards. The Blizzards do ten, have their pick. I've got 10 minutes to trade, so if anyone wants to trade, come on, find me. No one? <laughs> anyone? Hello? <laughs> Anybody out there? <laughs> All right. But these thoughts is a good one. Matisse Haas. Okay. So, is it the Skyhawks pick now? Yes, I believe it yep. is. So, Jonathan Blair is the pick at 49. And that was the Kings? That was the Kings. Okay. Do we know anything? To, Mark, do you know anything about Blair? Nope. Who they okay. t- wait? Who who was that pick? Great radio. Hey, I, we're we're doing well. We're filling as much dead air as possible, considering that every pick's gone for ten minutes so far. <laughs> Our Thomas Krychek is about to be drafted, I believe. Good for him. No, best point guard. Sorry. Marlon Wallace. All Finally. Right. He was in my personal... He was in the mock draft green room for a hell of a long time. Yeah, he just, wow. He just can't play defense for shit. That's his problem. And, and, and it worth, worth noting that Jonathan Blair, who we can talk about in a second, uh, does play both shooting guard and small forward. So addresses the earlier commentary about the Kings not having a, uh, not having a uh, pick to replace... Those that they have lost. Those those that have now departed. <laughs> Ones we need to pull one out for. So Billy just did a U, realized he had a pick, and now he's looking at the draft list. Wait, <laughs> wait, who did? Billy. He, okay. he messaged me this morning, which I must have missed, and said, do I have a pick? No, looked at the draft list, all good. And now <laughs> he just realized he does have a pick because he thought it was forfeited. But it was your old pick, Mike. Oh. This is actually your pick. Sky's the limit is also uh, in play for Blair. Oh, get fucked. <laughs> I'm sorry I couldn't resist. I'm going to change that now. I'm going to change it straight away. I'm changing it. Also, if, you're, if your scouting is balked, you're going to see... Uh, my scouting is apparently attention. above that. My, my college scouting okay. is apparently above average. All right. All right. What are the levels? There's like very good, above average, average, and low. Below average, low, below very low. Is low is low below below average? Yes. <clears throat> okay, so low is the worst. What have you got, Mike? Very no, very low is. The oh. Worst. Oh, there's there's very low. Okay, I am not very low. 
but I am low. <laughs> you are low, are you? You sound happy low, to me. Low. All right, so if you're ready to go, once Billy makes his pick, I think we've got a forfeit at number 50. No, number 53, Huskies. That's got to be a forfeit. It's not. It's not actually their pick. Oh. So they can't forfeit it. It's the Blizzard's pick. <laughs> so you're all picking around the same area, just flipping the picks to each other. The Vipers pick was the Lumberjacks pick via Hurricanes, via Vipers, via Jaguars, via Vipers, via Rockets, via Vipers. <laughs> and now I've gone <laughs> four times. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Keith Hayes. Keith Hayes. Well, Goose just came in before to the channel and said that um, he's surprised he hadn't gotten, uh, got on any boards because he's an amazing athlete. Um, so there you go. Well, there he goes. Is. 51. 52. The Vipers are up. It's all you. All right. What wackadoodle pick are you going to make, Mac? Well, He's picking for name. Name for sure. I'm looking down the list and trying to, trying to look at, at a name that you might like. Something that sounds like... You seem like a Drake Beasley type of guy. A 6'1 shooting guard. Sounds like a perfect fit for you. God. Yeah, basically Hayes is an athlete and everything else would be a hope and a prayer that it develops. Hey, so you can't you can't teach measurables. No, he's like an A plus athlete, B plus endurance, A plus, A plus, A plus. Like he's Oh really? Oh, okay. Fair yeah, enough. he's a real he's real he's an A plus overall in physical. Like that's rare. That is rare. Uh, just for those asking, because I know that you will ask, the players will hit the roster shortly. Hit your J-Bear roster. And then the crying can commence. Because <laughs> this is the first year that the scaling Wait, will be removed the, when immediately. Does the scale, doesn't, the, um, doesn't the new year start immediately in terms of budgets as soon as the draft ends? Yes, but you have to set your budgets first. But will the budgets so, be available to be set? Yes. Okay, because I will finally not be, I will finally not be punished anymore. <laughs> You're out of the doghouse. <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> what are you going to put into scouting this year? So for new for new users, uh, if you are not aware, you have to set your scouting budget, your coaching budget. Sorry, your scouting budget, your pro scouting budget, your development budget, and your training budget. What's your plans this year, Andrew? Uh, I think the majority of the what six point five million I get back will probably go straight into. Um, I'll bump up. I think I've been happy with the amount that I have in college scouting this year. I think I've I've been comfortable that I had a, a pretty good vision of what I wanted, um, and I don't really have any big picks next year. Um, and I think that the biggest one I'm going to be jumping it into is in development, obviously, because I have so many young players that are not at a ceiling level yet on my team. Mm. Fair enough. Oliver Johnson. That does sound like a you. Damn it. I should have picked that. <laughs> Oliver Johnson. Can you talk about Oliver Johnson? Oliver. Big big energy. He's, he's a power forward center who's only 6'9". That seems likely to break my rule that he should be playing <laughs> Two hundred fifty-two pounds, seven foot five inch wingspan. It's 
nice, nice, nice uh, wingspan there. Um, yeah, I don't know if I don't know if he's going to make the roster, but I'll take a look at him on the team and I'll 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 make my judgment then. Not bad for not working him out. Plus, he's got a good name. Does he? <laughs> Oliver Johnson. Hey, the Giants pick is up. Old Johnson. When did the what did the what did the, sorry what did the Huskies do? Ah, Crycheck finally. Crycheck, yeah. I think that's a I think great that's a, pick at fifty-three. Honestly, I think, just, I think that's genuinely a steal at this point. Like that got a little bit over. They got Owens last year pretty late too. Where, where did because Owens go? can't play defense and got punched to the bench, <laughs> basically bench. So like, I'm not sure how good that pick was. And you even worked him out, so which, which is pretty uh, pretty rough for a second round pick. It just goes to show that the consensus uh, ratings definitely do not dictate anything. There, there is a guide. Um, there is a lot of fuzz built into them deliberately. Otherwise, it would be you might as well just go down the list. And, and but I, but I also think like you, you see that a lot of people value specific things at particular places, you know, just as, as a, a point of view, like, you know, um, when Comey came on earlier to talk about um, Nelson, right? Like there were particular things that he looked at and said, I think these grades uh, indicate that he will be able to do what I want at a particular position where my read of the exact same situation was no, he can't. And I, and I think that that's, ultimately independent of the fuzz that you have in the scouting because it'd be no fun if the scouting's literally just put them in sequence but i think people do have different conceptions for what they value in a player um at in terms of each position and i think furthermore like you know that can change as well based on the system people are playing so you do end up having a lot of variables that move valuations around beyond the fog title for the podcast beyond the fog that can be the episode where we talk about everyone panicking about how um once the what once the rookies get on their own team or on their new homes and people see the real scouting <laughs> yeah i'm glad i won't have that stress this year because if johnson looks bad he gone <laughs> danielle oh, rocco I don't have to worry about any Jordan Irons this year. Rocco. What do we know about Rocco? <laughs> I agree. Is all Rocco definitely works well with Panini. Danielle Rocco? Is that the first yep. female JBL player in uh, league history? We're very progressive. Okay, had a role, potentially con- seven-foot small forward, played 25 minutes a game. He's, he's played quality minutes the last two years at Wake Forest. Uh, around that 350 mark for three-pointers on decent volume. Uh, you know, not particularly, not super strong at either end of the ball, but competent at both and has the, uh, and has the shooting. I'd say it. 205 is probably a little bit too late to play power forward, but but uh, being moved to power forward long term would be definitely a plausible thing. He has the um, has the ability, to, he has the size, not yet the weight, and uh, and can definitely shoot the three ball. 
Yeah. And what about um, the player that was just taken by the Scorpions? Jalen Troy. Checking. That's a terrible spelling of uh, Jalen. Caster Troy. I have to go watch Face Off. Oh, I love that movie. It's like such a great movie. The trilogy, right? You got Con Air. You got The Rock. You got the Rock came. The Rock came chronologically. It was The Rock, then Face Off, then Con Air across the summers of '96 and '97. Yep. Goddamn Nick Cage, American Icon. <laughs> let's let's not get too carried away. <laughs> did you did you ever watch that um, the Superman no. documentary? Hello. Ah, uh, yes, I have seen that documentary. The one with Nick Cage, right? Yes. Would have been Andrew, an inter- have you heard about this new Nick Cage movie they're making where he plays himself? Himself plays Nazi himself. Version. Yeah. It comes out this adaptation. year. Does it? What's it called? Uh, oh, it's got some ridiculous name. Um, let me look it up. It sounds like a um, uh, a movie by Charlie Kaufman, but it's not. It's not. It's called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Mm. That sounds good. Okay. And it's about it's about him as himself and apparently, yeah. Apparently, he gets like offered money. He the fictional him gets offered money to like attend some a, 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 the party of some super fan. Although apparently, National Treasure is coming back as well. They're uh, actively developing a third one now. There's going to be a third National Treasure. Apparently, that is now actually more likely than it has ever been before. I mean, because you would think National Treasure implies that there's one National Treasure. <laughs> That's not necessarily true. You could maybe have more than one national treasure. Treasure is a it applies to singular and plural. So I think it works as you could have like I think national you, sheep. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that new, is that the New Zealand edition? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the prime minister, the national sheep. So uh, just waiting one second. So um, of course Tim is going to do something strange, and he's going to draft someone from his. Uh, CJBL team and who he wasn't on the list so I've extended the list and now he's going to draft him I did almost take Tyrell Grant from Villanova um, is he a senior? yeah he was a senior Good post some of these players so I was going to say some of these players will be available in the free agency pool so if you want a player to be available let me know But I feel like if he couldn't even start my Villanova team, I probably shouldn't take him. You'd think that would be a reasonable, uh, <laughs> reasonable rule to have in play. Yes. Although he didn't. Having he said didn't that, play. having said that, though, if you literally are just taking the fifteenth man on your bench, like you may as well have someone there who you like. Yeah. Hmm. Sorry, guys. I'm wondering if this is my issue or something else. We're trying to find this player. <laughs> <laughs> is Tim trying to draft someone who doesn't exist? Yeah, I think he's, he's dead. He's, he's left the league. I wonder if he hasn't declared. Does he want Oliver Johnson? No, it's, it's someone named Eric Kelvin. Don't we have an owner named Kelvin? 
Or a general manager named Calvin? He can't yeah. be drafted. <laughs> He's too young. I want to know who Calvin's going to pan on the draft grades. Can't wait to see who gets all the. I, I actually don't think anyone's whiffed this draft that badly. Though. Oh, but you you're not allowed to have hot takes when it comes to judging people's moves. <laughs> mm. Well, I'm not saying that that's unfair or wrong. I'm just saying, like at the same time, you're not. Even if you thought someone's moves were terrible, you would not come out live on a podcast and say, "No, well, oh. I don't think it's fair." But also because I think there is way too many hot takes, and I like to be more measured. Yeah, you encourage, actively yeah. encourage us to make hot takes, but like you think being measured is the right thing. Exactly. You can take the fall. I'm going to take the fall. Uh-huh. Um, okay, hang on. I found this guy. Did you find him? Does he exist? Yeah, he's, he's declared for this draft. Okay. So, in a very strange move, he's going to be drafted manually. <laughs> Gonna be drafted manually. What pick are we up to, guys? We're almost there. Fifty-seven. Fifty-seven. Okay, fifty-seven. Lumberjacks. <laughs> and the fifty-eight is a forfeit. So we've got straight onto the fifty-nine pick, which is the last pick of the draft. All right, Mister Irrelevant. Who is Mister Irrelevant this year? So let's see. The only player ranked consensus just out of the top 25 has not been drafted yet is Jared Sampson. What's wrong with, therefore, yeah. what is wrong with Sampson becomes the question. Well, does he return? He might return to school. He's only a sophomore. That nope. might be. Not, he's declared he's out. Can't, can't do it anymore. Oh, really? Yep. So the issue with Sampson is that he has clearly a center skill set and he is 6'9". That's why. He, he literally has an F for mid-range shooting and outside shooting, even though he is competent at both ends of the ball, can rebound, and he's not a great athlete. So he's, an exa- he's, he's a perfect example of a player who has an immense amount of value at a college level and just will not translate. He looks like he will be the only, unless he goes to number, unless he goes for the last pick, the only underclassman who won't be drafted this year. Mm. Which is the way we kind of want it. We, uh, as we've discussed before, we don't want too many underclassmen in the draft left over because then that just ends up destroying CJBL, right? Yeah. I think, I think realistically there'd be a case to be made that underclassmen who have this particular set of issues, like the, uh, the clear size issue, probably mm. should hang back in future. Because I think this is this is the most egregious example, but we've had a lot of players who have uh, fallen in the last couple it, of drafts. There's there's an element of randomness to it. So I think if you're ranked in the top thirty or something like that, and you're an underclassman, I don't think it's such a stretch to say that hey, I want to get some money for my family. I'm going to declare for the draft. Yes, it's a risk, but you know it happens in the in the NBA as well. Um, for people who follow um the NCAA draft, you know the draft coverage by like Gavoni and stuff like that, would a guy like Sampson be heavily docked in those rankings because of that? Um, like small college centers, basically. I, I I do wonder about that. That's all. 
Well, it's not just that's not a knock. That's not me criticizing uh, the commissioner's work. He he also wasn't very athletic, and there were concerns about I think his post defense and the size. So all those things combined, I think that's probably a combination of why he's still here at this point. I suppose the uh, the rating system might need to take into account pro fit a little bit more. It might be. A, Weighting college ability too highly and not pro ability. That is possible. I'm not, nothing. I think. I think so. the case. I, I think there might be something to that. He's six a- nine. Like he's not. He's not that undersized. He's not like a six seven cents. But he's not athletic like, either. Like that. So there's no hops there. And like the the. <laughs> I think what you said about potentially it does overvalue college performance. I think might be fair because guys like Gillespie and Arnold and Samson were all relatively high relative to their ratings. Mike made a good point. He said that it happens in real life as well. So his team made the finals. So, yeah. you know, you get noticed on, on a big stage and yeah, roll the dice. Yeah. Anyway, I don't think it's a massive failing to have one sophomore out of the, oh, <laughs> out no. of the rest of them. All right, let's go, Zepard. Let's go. Last pick. Got well done, guys. This says we're we're wrapping up. We've done a good job. Four I think. hours. Three and a half hours. Oh, four hours. Jeez, your family must hate you, Mike. Nah. <laughs> Are you in the basement? I'm in the basement. Oh, that's okay. The hot water heater. It's all good. <laughs> right, so we're nearly at auto pick time. Zpod really didn't want to make a pick this draft. He's taking Jared Sampson. There we go. <laughs> so, Mish, once again, is proved correct. <laughs> I, I wonder whether we hadn't spent a lot. I think we might have brought that on ourselves by spending I, I think we did that, on you. Um, if not, I think he probably would have uh, not done that, but sure. We'll let you, we'll let you take the win. Uh, I feel very validated. <laughs> indicated okay that's it that's the end of the 2028 jbl draft thank you guys as always for providing much entertainment and babbling on and filibustering i think we did a great job so pats on the back to us yeah i mean this is it's it's a fun draft but this is a fun pod but it's also a difficult pod i think it's always a highly rough pod like it's just not possible to keep it completely on message and Nice and streamlined and orderly for four hours. Well, next especially year I will up, I'll update. Especially when the, uh, people are drinking. Especially when people are drinking, I will update the um, the server for next draft, and maybe make a few changes to the way that works because thirty people refreshing the page at once is not a good idea. But thank you again, and uh, as I said, the players will hit your roster some some point during this evening my time. I'm going to go have a break. You guys should go have a break as well. Drool over your uh, CJBL scouting for one more time because it's about to go (laughs) bye-bye. And uh, start having a think about where you're going to put your budgets for next year because all these things will be happening. Tomorrow, recruiting will open for CJBL. So we're on. Ooh. Time to look at the top 100 then. Time to look. Well, no, ignore what's on there now. All the players will be wiped, refreshed. And 
will be on. So don't look, no point looking. Okay. At so everything is as everything will be uploaded in one fell, fell swoop tomorrow. Correct. Both, both this, uh, this recruiting year, which is for 2028 and the junior year, 2029 will be update uploaded and yeah, stay tuned. So thanks again, guys. Great, great draft, great pod. And we'll speak to you soon. All right. Have a good night, everyone. All right. See ya. Bye. Thanks guys. Bye.